empower and encourage you to lead like never before. More and more players are coming through our programs with an inability to communicate. You see it and we see it. It's all around us. And we're not referring to the major cultural issues within a program or even a group of players not liking one another. We're talking about personalities. Players just aren't talking. They're introverted. They're shy. They communicate with a lack of confidence. So even when they do speak, it's not clear. It's quiet. It sounds like a mumbling. Players often trail off at the end of their sentences. It's something that needs our attention if we're going to have a team that communicates well. In today's episode, we share a few strategies that will enhance the communication on your team. We also talk about the consequences you may face if you don't intentionally work on it. And we even share an idea that you could use an Alexa. You know, the device we have in our homes that often many of us are paranoid because we think it's tracking our conversations. Yes, that Alexa. We share an idea of how you can use that as a tool to improve your team's communication. Coaches, get your notepad ready. It's time to get better. Let's jump in. All right, Adam, I'm coming to you. You're the doctor here, right? I mean, I get this all the time. I get these emails, calls, and I deal with it as a coach as well. That There's just not enough communication going on. And this is on the court or off the court. I mean, typically when a coach tells me their team's not communicating well, it's happening both places. It's not happening off the court or on the court. And to be honest with you, it's not all the time that they don't like each other or they don't care about, you know, they care about each other. There's just a communication gap. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about there's, um, a, a culture problem. I'm not talking about they don't like each other. I'm not talking about they don't like playing with their teammate. I'm talking about they just aren't communicating. Let's just say you got a team full of really good guys, um, really good girls, um, and they go out there and they try hard every time, but Man, they're just by nature. They're just kind of quiet. You know, they just don't. They just don't say a lot. Or you know, after games when you're or when you're trying to have a team conversation, they're just kind of quiet. Like, yeah, I just don't really want to put myself out there. Like, do you have any uh, remedy, any medicines for this when you just have a quiet team? You don't think they're a bad team. You don't think the culture's bad. You don't think that you just there's just a lack of communication going on. Well, if we're taking the doctor reference, which I've never had given to me before, TJ, but I really appreciate it. I feel Absolutely. lifted for this, right? But if I'm giving a doctor answer, right, I would say there's no quick fix medicine. It's actually a lifestyle change. Mm. It's a lifestyle change that has to happen. So, so we, okay, let, let's say we – I think every coach is looking for the magic pill. Yeah. I, I think, right, what you're going to say is, like, you know, put peanut butter on their tongue and it's all going to be fixed, right? They're <laughs> yeah. trying to figure out something, but it, I mean, that's but not going to... everyone do it already if yeah, that was the absolutely. case? Absolutely. So, so, so it's not going to happen. So before you even get into what you do, how much of an investment is this to actually fix this, do you think? Uh, all season. Yeah. I mean, it's ongoing. Because right? I doubt you'll ever get to the point where you feel fully comfortable with where we are. Like, it'll always be growing. It'll happen in small incremental increases. It's, it's, there's so many dynamics involved, though, because we're talking about the personalities of the player. We're talking about the comfort and willingness to be vulnerable around their teammates. And we're talking about the confidence of players. Maybe they don't even feel confident enough to speak up and be vocal. Maybe they, they, they don't feel safe enough in their environment in the sense of not physically safe but emotionally safe. Like, hey, if I step out and try to communicate – you know, I'm going out on a limb here, stepping out. Is everyone going to be like, dude, shut up, man? You know, 
yeah. there's a lot of dynamics here and then the introverted nature of people and younger people and their unfortunately their you know their limitations in communication is showing more and more uh, year after year for a variety of different reasons whether it's social which a lot of people say I think a lot of it comes because parents are always speaking for the kids and such there's a lot of dynamics that are playing into it but it's it's a process and I'm living this myself, right? Because I, I work with five, six teams every season. I have teams that are extremely quiet. And I will be honest, it grinds my gears. Oh, my gosh, it grinds my gears. I'm such a talker, such an outgoing vocal guy with energy. You come across these groups, and they're just, they love each other. They're great friends. They just don't talk much. Yeah. They're quiet. Yeah. And I, I'm on the opposite end of that, like, I am not really uh, chatty, Kathy. You don't really love getting into long, you know, conversations unless it's something about something deep. But I never hesitate to communicate with my team in a group setting, individual setting, or when I was on the court as a player because I thought it was essential to winning. You know that that drove my communication in a lot of ways. Like I, I just saw it as is the same as ball handling, and I and I thought I got to be a better ball handler for us to win. I got to communicate better for us to win. I just saw it in that light. But it's not an always an easy, you know, easy pitch for a player to understand. Let me ask you this. So before, you know, because there is no quick fix, because it's going to be a long-term investment, right? Some coaches might say, gosh, we're seven games in, we've got 20 games left or 15 games left or whatever it is, and I just don't know how much of an impact we're going to be able to make on communication. We're just going to skip it. How detrimental is that decision? Why should a coach not make that decision? I mean, we've talked in a previous episode about asset and obstacle, right? You know, if you choose not to... Address it and, and build it, then you're accepting the fact that it's going to continue to be an obstacle all season long. And I don't think that's a great mindset as a coach. Let me just accept an obstacle, right, rather than getting it to a point where it's performing in a healthy manner. And I think, especially if you've got younger players, if you don't begin building it now, it's only going to continue to hurt you and hinder your progress in years forward, right? So at some point, you got to make the investment. So might as well make it now so you can actually reap the benefits of your investment rather than waiting a couple years and all of a sudden you train everyone then and then they leave and then you got to start all over. So let's jump into the investment right away. I get why coaches don't like it, that, that nature, because the vocal nature of our players gives validation to us as a coach. When we say something and, and we're asking for feedback and they give you feedback, it's like, yes, there's dialogue there. I'm feeling it, right? When there's not much there, it's like, is anyone awake? Is everyone in on this team? You begin to question yourself. We, we almost selfishly want the communication back for validation's sake and to kind of appease what we're doing. But here, here's the deal. If, you, if you've got to sit there and you say, okay, I got I to gotta figure this out. I got to figure this out. This group, it's not a relational issue, like you said. It's not a culture issue. The kids are good kids, so it's not a behavior issue. It's, it's more of a personality. It's more of a comfort. It's more of a confidence. There's something else there. Like, where, where do I go? I think there's a variety of different things. We, we do a variety of different exercises and themes and concepts within Lead Em Up, and I'll share a couple here uh, just because I think they could be helpful, right? I, I think, one, we've got to establish an environment within our team where we are embracing feedback. Like, it, it is welcomed in this group, okay? So we can do that by way of, I think a lot of times we don't want to step out and try to lead another person because we aren't confident in their response back to us. But if I knew that no matter what I said, whether it was smart or stupid, appropriate or not, no matter what I said, if, if if I knew it was going to be received warmly, I'd probably be more keen on expressing it. So we, we use a concept called thank the passer. 
Anytime one of our teammates tries to lead us up, we thank the passer. Mm-hmm. And we're not thanking them for the content of the content, right? We're thanking them for the courage that they just possessed in expressing it. That's important. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. I'm not saying, hey, th- hey, appreciate that. Appreciate that, my guy, because you just gave me profound wisdom and coaching advice that's going to change my game. I'm just simply thanking you for leading me up. So we tell our players, no matter if they are older or younger, better or worse, you play more or play less. If they are seniors and you are freshmen, it doesn't matter if the advice was good advice or not advice. You simply thank the passer. We want to create an environment where we are helping coach and lead each other up, and we're just going to embrace it. Let's take a quick halftime break. Staying with the theme of communication, here is today's TeamSnap communication tip. Communicate courage. So much of our players' performance depends on courage. Courage to take the last shot, to assert themselves, to hold a teammate accountable. Courage is critical. Therefore, our communication needs to lead with courage. We need to be intentional that our communication encourages, which is the act of putting courage in your players. Hence the word encourage. This week, Freely give away courage in your communication and all that you do. Your team will get better as a result. And your team will also get better by utilizing the TeamSnap communication app. For years, they've been serving teams, helping enhance all the communication that takes place between coaches, parents, and players. Check out TeamSnap.com backslash hustle to learn more and to get your team started today. And before we step back into action, let's take a quick look at the stat sheet. Here's a crazy stat for you to think about. During the 2018-2019 NBA regular season, NBA shooters made 27,955 three-point shots. Here's the crazy part. That is more threes made than during the entire 1980s decade. The decade. The entire 1980s, only 23,871 threes were made. It is clear our players are shooting more. Therefore, they need to be practicing. And there's no better tool to practice your shot than with the legendary gun from our friends over at ShootAway. Often considered the best basketball shooting machine, it is important you get one in your gym today. Now let's jump back in with action. Now there's a later step on a different day at a different exercise that we do that you then have to evaluate if that was good advice or not good advice. But that's not where we are right now. We're just trying to build momentum on communication, mm-hmm. right? So so maybe we need to create an environment, and, and that's something that can help kind of feed some momentum for you to create an environment. we got to thank the passer. And then I tell players, hold each other accountable on that, right? I give you permission that if I try to lead you up, TJ, and you push back, you then discourage me in your response because it's negative and you don't thank the passer. I give you full permission then to say, hey, are you serious? Well, you better thank the passer. I just try to lead you out. You better thank the passer. And I actually tell the teammates. And if you hear that and the other person pushes it back, right, doesn't respond well, you need to call them out and say, hey, TJ, you better thank the passer. He just tried to lead you out. Hey, thank the passer. TJ, TJ, thank the passer. All right, you're good. Okay. Right? Like, make it part of who we are, right? Yeah. I think that can help create an environment that gives more comfort and confidence to communicate, right? But then we also find a lot of times these players are so soft-spoken. 
right? You have some players that are that way, Absolutely. right? I have some players that are that way. They they are just quiet. They they haven't found the confidence to speak up and assert themselves vocally as a leader. And how do we get past that, right? Because that's a big challenge. I love explaining it in a way that is relative to moments in their lives where they actually do speak up. And one of the fun ways we do it, just simply because it's engaging and catchy and sticky, is we use the reference of an Alexa. It may sound silly, but it's not silly when the players remember it and actually causes them to start changing. We joke about the fact that, hey, who, who here has an Alexa or something like an Alexa, which almost every player in today's world does? We say, well, it's interesting. You know, like, in order to activate an Alexa, you've got to speak with the appropriate volume, clarity, and speed. Agree? Yeah. Otherwise, what's Alexa going to do for you, TJ? Nothing. Nothing. They either won't respond, they'll either give you the wrong response, or they'll say, excuse me, can you repeat that? I did not catch what you said. You can't activate an Alexa unless you speak with the right volume, clarity, and speed. But the same goes to our teammates. We can't activate them from a leadership perspective unless we speak with the right volume, clarity, and speed. So I use that reference as an Alexa, and we actually, we've got a pretty fun exercise where we actually are using our phones with voice to text, because it kind of speaks to that same theme. You've got to speak appropriately, volume, clarity, and speed. But for us, we, we hold it accountable. In fact, I just had a session with your team, and I actually used that reference very quickly during the session when mm-hmm. one of the gentlemen in the front row spoke very quietly. I don't want to say he mumbled, but it was very faint. Yeah. Nobody two rows behind or further could even hear it. And I just said, hey, from move forward, anyone who answers, just make sure you speak in a strong leadership voice. Envision Alexa being on the other side of the room and you having to communicate a message. Because mm-hmm. even the quietest person, TJ, quietest player, if there was an Alexa in the other room they wanted to listen to a song, they'd say, Alexa, hey, play, play so-and-so. They, they'd find it. It's in there. Right. It's just got to get pulled out. That's why I say it's a longer fix. It's a lifestyle. There's a lot of different dynamics, and that's just the tip of the iceberg from a communication standpoint. Yeah, no, I, that's that's solid gold. Commun- you know, communication tips right there. I think that uh, I saw you just do one of the lead them up sessions with my team, and I can see the light bulbs going on with my team. And not not to 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 uh, be a sales pitch or a wingman here, but that's why I think lead them up can help so many teams. You know, you think, I think coaches that are listening should go check out your product of Lead 'em Up because, it, not because uh, you know this is just going to be the, the fix all to everything, but these are the type of thing coaches' problems. Like I brought this topic up because I'm sitting in the middle of the season with this problem, right? But I'm hearing from coaches that are having the same problem. What do I do here? What do I? And a lot of my solutions, are, you know, come from finding people that do it really well and you do it really well. And so there you just gave a couple of examples of things they could immediately do to try and pick up the communication uh, with you and your team. Because I think the only thing you can't afford to do is just be like, well, it just ain't working. This just ain't my year. You know, I feel like I hear that all the time from just coaches. Just a group of guys. It is what it is. It is what it is. And then you look back and you're like, you know, after 30 years of coaching, 24 of them were, it just is what it is. And five of them got lucky. You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to base my game on hope. I'm trying to have a good year every year, you know? And so what can I do to fight for the culture or the communication, the well, things I got to make better? We would never allow our players to approach problems that way. Right. Well, I mean, we wouldn't. If players say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm poor dribbling with my left, just is what it is, yeah. right? Well, maybe attack it next year. Yeah. No, you really, no, we, we're going to work on that. You're going to spend some extra time and fix it. The same goes for this, 
thing, any area where there's a potential weakness or an obstacle in our program, I think it needs to it needs to be addressed. And, and I really go back to what I was saying earlier about the investment side, TJ. That you know, if you don't start working on it now, and you've got a group of sophomores with a couple of juniors, well, guess what? You're gonna you want to deal with this for two years? Yeah. Because they're not just going to gain it over the summer break. Yeah. They're they're not. It's got to get – I mean, maybe they mature a little bit, but it won't extrapolate into the place where you need it to go unless you actually are intentional with teaching it. That has to happen. Yeah, you know, and people you know, ask all the time, like, I love coaching basketball, but I love the culture and intangible part of, of basketball. Uh, part of it is because I just think it's so intriguing, intriguing the problem solving. But the other part of it is I think it's so essential to winning. And you know I think you attack the severity of the problem or the severity of of the problem, however severe the problem is. You attack it with that kind of uh, just energy. So if you think, man, our whole season would change if we did this, then you're going to attack that problem. So if you think, you know, I got you know Sally or Joe over there that can't dribble with their left hand. But that's not really going to affect our season that much this year. You're not going to really focus on something like that. But what I've found is almost the majority of intangible problems are multi-layer problems. It's like it's not just that Sally can't dribble left. It's that if you can't communicate, you're going to have players that miss opportunity to stop a shot in in the game. You're going to miss players that didn't get back and get matched up in transition. But you're also going to deal with players that you know have a hard time communicating with their parents and getting the message across. So then that's going to start a whole new thing. You're going to have two players that, because they're not communicating, are going to assume things and they're not going to get along. And they weren't even true because they weren't communicating. So most all the intangibles, specifically communication problems, you know, I mean, I mean, how many problems can we link in our own marriages to communication, right? And so when I when I my encouragement to coaches is this. Communication is a big issue. It's a tough one. Like we all are battling it in our own personal lives. We're battling with our teams. Uh, but I also think that it is probably one of, if not the most important uh, one we could go after that will have uh, uh, multiple effects of, of on the court, off the court, friendships, relationships, long-lasting, short-term. Communication is a huge deal. A couple last thoughts here from my perspective. I, I think we'll certainly record more communication episodes in the future, right? Can't uncover everything in one episode. Secondly, if, if there are some specific challenges of communication you're having with your program, I'd love to kind of hear about it maybe offer some feedback and some thoughts on that feel free to email me i'm certainly open to to giving out my personal email totally cool with that of course uh, adam at leademup.com uh, adam at leademup.com uh, feel free to email me at any time and then you know one thing you said about you know you've you've really fallen in love with the culture and intangible side of it right and communication falling under that i've got a theory tj i actually think part of you may have enjoyed the culture and intangible side because it actually makes the coaching side better. Yeah, absolutely. I don't even think that's a theory. I think it's a fact. <laughs> you know, because, I mean, most of the time when I, when I talk to coaches, the, the root of the problem goes back to the intangibles. It's, it's, the root of, it's the root of all of it, you know. And, I mean, even something like we're not sharing the ball. It's going back to, well, they don't communicate, they don't like each other, they don't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. all of it comes back to that place. Absolutely. So, hey, appreciate you teeing that up, doctor. Absolutely. Dr. Thanks. TJ. Thanks for being here, Dr. Adam. <laughs> hey, I'm Adam. He's TJ. Together, we are the Hardwood Hustle. Until next time, we're out. Coaches, one more thing before you go. If you want to continue getting better and growing as a coach, I've got something for you to consider. PGC Basketball recently launched their 2020 camp schedule with camps being held all throughout the country. 
PGC would like to invite you to be an observing coach to attend a local camp. As a one-day observing coach, you will attend all the classroom, film, and court sessions just like a participating athlete, except with a focus on how to apply all the concepts in your program. You'll benefit from the interactions with the PGC director, the staff, as well as all the other observing coaches in attendance. Love to encourage you to go check out pgcbasketball.com, search the tab for coaches, attend a summer course. Learn more about the details and costs associated with being a one-day observing coach. It could be the thing this summer that gets you to the next level as a coach.